I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you have, had this thought. You've opened your eyes and you've had something, a thought, something like, surely God is in this place and I wasn't aware of it. Surely God is in this place and I wasn't aware of it. Have you ever had that thought? Things going, going ahead as normal and, and you, you, your eyes are open, maybe the eyes of your heart are open and you just sense there is God there, there with you. And he's intervened in some, in some way. Uh, somebody uh, here said uh, in the service in the small chapel yesterday, I felt the sweet presence of Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful, uh, not just thought, awareness? Surely God was in this place and I wasn't aware of it. Have you ever worshipped the Lord? And, and you sort of looked up, maybe, you know, amongst people who have genuinely worshipped the Lord, not just gone through the rites and the rotes, genuinely worship the Lord and have you looked up and th thought is the roof still on I know I have has someone ever said something to you maybe a, maybe a preacher or a friend or a word that's just gone straight to your heart that was just how did they know that how did they know that that word was just for me surely God is in this place has that ever happened to you I'm sure it has have you looked at nature and thought wow Surely God is truly uh, in this place. A sunset. How many times do you see down in Bexilla Hastings when there's a sunset and, you know, lots of people uh, taking pictures and something that tr triggers something in a heart and an awe of, of creation. And, and uh, our, our prayer is that you take that, folks would take that step extra. Well, who made all that beauty? Surely God is in this place. I remember being in a, on, a, uh, on, on an island um, uh, off the coast of Italy, Sardinia, bef before I came to the Lord, and a huge storm grew up in the Mediterranean, and I just stood on the rocks, and this this storm and the waves and the and the and the and, um, uh, and the rain kind of pouring in, and I just saw the power and the majesty, and I thought, surely there must be a God, even in the power of nature. Uh, the other day we were over in uh, towards Beachy Head and sitting having a cof coffee in the hotel uh, near there, and just outside the window there was um, a sparrowhawk, um, not on his phone, but um, he was he was he was uh, the way the wind was buffeting as it does around Beachy Head. Any chance of turning it off? Yeah, yeah that'd be nice. Thank you. Um, the sparrowhawk was, and the, and the buffeting of the wind and the storm just outside the window, and it was hovering, and it's one of that kind of, obviously seen something in the ground, um, just hovering still, incredible, you know, all the, his body was going like this, the waves were going like that, but he was still, he was absolutely still, and thought, wow, isn't, isn't that amazing, isn't creation amazing, and I'm sure you could, you could say many things, awareness of, of God, and maybe when God has come to you and saved you, you know, from desperation, from an awareness of sin, and surely God has come to me. His, the heavens have opened, he's come to me. Have you ever, has he ever provided for you in amazing ways? Uh, I'm sure he has. When I was um, just starting off, when I was, <clears throat> felt God called me into mission, I remember being in, um, in Amsterdam and Holland, um, and I hadn't, uh, it was a faith mission, so there wasn't any salary, but I remember a moment when I was struggling, there was no kind of food in the fridge, and I was saying, Lord, 
Um, I felt I've, you've called me into mission I'm here. Um, and I felt the Lord say, uh, in this period, David, give away half of everything you receive. Put me to the test. I thought, gosh, that's a strange thing. It can't be God, surely. And just as I was contemplating, was this God or not? Someone came up to me and gave me you know, a reasonable amount of money and placed it in my hand. Oh, oh that must be God. Okay, God, you're, you're saying put me to the test. Uh, okay, in this period of time, I'm going to give half, half of everything you, you give me. This person, having made that prayer, this person came back and said, actually, David, the Lord had caught, asked me to give you double what I'd given you. And that, that was a moment when I, I, I sensed God saying, I am going to provide for you. Trust me. Just do what I say. And uh, I'm sure you have seen moments, uh, maybe, well, maybe not as dramatic as that, maybe as dramatic as that, but you've seen God in little ways and big ways provide. I was in that uh, mission there in, in Amsterdam, and uh, Colleen and I were in, in charge of a coffee bar in the edge of the red light district, and all kinds of folks with addicts came in, and street people, and uh, one guy came in with a huge knife. And as I was in charge that night, it was my privilege and joy to ask him to leave. <coughs> and I saw God protect me that night. Um, and I, I saw God there providing and protecting. That's the Lord, isn't it? He's there in big ways, in obvious ways, and in little ways. And I'm absolutely convinced that more and more ways than we can ever imagine, he is there and the Lord is here. He is, surely God is in this place. I'm sure uh, he would love that cry to be uh, more profuse on our lips. So I'm going to look at um, uh, the passage where this little verse comes from. Does anybody know? Surely God is in this place and I didn't know it. Anybody know where that passage, that little verse comes from in the Bible? Jacob at Bethel. Well done. Yeah, well done. That's it. Yeah, well done, uh, Hilary. I'm going to read it together. It's Jacob at uh, Bethel. So let's read it together in Genesis chapter 28. And so it says this. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Pause for a minute. Beersheba, he went from Beersheba. That's a place of wells. And he came to Haran, and, and he was in a place called Bethel. As, he, as the only pillar was a stone, it was a, a stony place. He was in the dust of a journey. And as we know, remember, he, he, had, he was uh, uh, fleeing from his brother. Remember, he had deceived the brother of his birthright. So his brother was angry, he was out to kill him, and he was leaving. And he had to go to another place. And so this, maybe had some pangs of conscience, but he was running. And he was in this kind of desert, rocky, wilderness place. He was alone, and he, he must have felt so defenseless. And this is the place, we're about to read, that the heavens open, and God met him. Not when he was sitting and a nice, bright, sunny day, eating a nice herbal tea with the birds twittering outside. Oh, isn't it wonderful to be here with God? And God does show up in places like that, I know. But this was in kind of the depths of his despair. He was running. He was in a difficult place. He was alone. He'd blown it himself. He'd, he'd, he'd blown against his, he'd 
basically sinned against his brother. His brother was after him, and he was in a rocky wilderness place. Anyone feeling in a place like that this morning? It was in that place that the Lord graciously met him. Shall we read what it says? And I'm sure you know it uh, so well in verse um, 12. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the heaven with its top reaching to heaven. And the angel of, of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. It's the Lord saying, I am. This is the great Yahweh, I am. Transliterated often Jehovah, but I am. This is the God who revealed himself in that moment. And we know through other passages of scripture, there's, there's so many I am sayings of the Lord being there just when he needed. I am shalom. I am your good shepherd. I am uh, the one who heals you. I am the one who is there. Yahweh always. I am. The great I am. I am the one who is here for you. And this is who, who the Lord was saying. I am the Lord Yahweh. And he also says, "Then I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying. Your descendants will be uh, like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. What's, what's, what was the Lord saying here in this moment of difficulty? He'd made a covenant to Abraham that he would give him land, give him descendants and, and bless uh, all the peoples through him. And the Lord was saying to Jacob, I haven't forgotten you. Yes, you're part of this covenant, and I'm continuing. Yes, you have blown it. You've, you're in a desert, rocky place, but I still have my hand on you. I'm going to bless peoples through you. And isn't that the Lord in a rocky place? The Lord says, I still have a hope for you. I still have a future for you. Do not despair. The heavens open. <laughs> And the Lord says that again. And he's, he, he, off, he says it to us off so many times. And he wants to, us to know we have a future and a, a hope because the Lord is here. And that's what the Lord said to, to Jacob. And then in verse 15, it seems so tender. And then he continues, but I am with you. I will watch over you wherever you go. There's no way where you can go that I won't be with you. And I will bring you back to this land, even though you're, yeah, you wander and uh, maybe go far from where you should. I'll bring you back. I will restore you. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. These are kind of words of tenderness. There's a beginning. I am. I am the Lord. I have great plans for you. I am who I am but also that tenderness. I am with you. I will watch over you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. Because the heavens opened at that point as he was lying on a rocky stone. And that's what the Lord does so much more than we uh, think and imagine. And I was just uh, looking at other parts of the Bible where the heavens opened they open to, to John. Remember John on Patmos at the beginning of the book of Revelation? He is, as, he, as Christians were persecuted and he was brought as a prisoner to the island of Patmos. 
And while he was prisoner on that island, Revelation 4.1 says, uh, there was a door standing open, heavens open to him. And the Lord said to him, come up here and I will show you what must take place. And he caught a vision of heaven, of the Lord on his throne. And the Lord who wants to wipe away the tears of, of people who suffer and give them uh, new life in the midst of difficult places. John on the island of Patmos. And then Stephen, remember Stephen when he was stoned again for being persecuted. He looked up to heaven, it says, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus at the right hand. Look, he says, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of, of, of God. It's, it's sometimes in the most difficult places that heaven's open and we see something of God and his power and his uh, goodness. And not, not only that, sometimes when we're searching, remember the story of Nathaniel? He was under a fig tree in John chapter 1. He was searching. That's probably the, the picture. He was under a pig tree. Pig, pig tree? <coughs> Eating his bacon sarnies. No. He was under a fig tree. Uh, probably a place where he was studying perhaps the scriptures. That's probably what it, what it means. That's what the, uh, the Jewish folks used to do. And uh, the, the Lord came to, him and, uh, to Nathaniel and said, I saw you under the Remember, I saw you, I saw you studying, I saw you searching. And the Lord then said to him, I saw you under the fig tree, you will see heavens open, angels ascending and ascending on the Son of Man. Your search will bring uh, you to me in revelations of, of who I am, the Son of Man. Heavens will open as you search. And that's what the Lord did for uh, Nathaniel. Heavens also opened another uh, episode, remember, when Jesus was being baptized. So in a place of obedience, when Jesus was saying to his father, I, here is my life, I will follow you, even through the waters of baptism. Remember, it says in Mark chapter 1, as Jesus came out of the waters, he saw heaven <coughs> torn open. He saw heaven torn open and, and the spirit descending like a dove. And a voice saying, you are my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Sometimes it's not just the difficult place, the rocky places. Uh, not just when we're searching, it is that. Sometimes when we're just saying, Lord, here I am. Do with me. Take my life. Whatever you want from me. He heaven opens. And just one more in uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 probably referred to a little bit earlier in a, in a testimony. And the Lord says, bring the tithes, bring what you have uh, to me, to, to the, and test me and see if I do not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you will ha not have enough room for it. Sometime the Lord just says, I want to bless you. I just want to bless you and thoroughly bless you as you give what you can of your life and to my work and my kingdom. What does, the, what does the Lord do? He opens heaven. And the, it's like the floodgates of heaven are poured out. So I don't know where you are today. Are you, do you need the heavens to open? Do you need the Lord to come down? Are you in a rocky place, a wilderness place, feeling alone like Jacob? Heaven's open to him. Are you struggling or 
being hounded, persecuted, like John or Stephen? Are you searching? Or are you simply saying, Lord, I am. Here, here, here I am. Take my life afresh. Do you know what? The Lord longs to open the heavens and to pour out his grace and his spirit onto you. And that's what I believe the Lord wants to do with us, in us, through us, at the beginning of this new year. He wants us to see heavens open. He wants to open the heavens to us, that we would say, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. I don't know what your response would be if the Lord would do that and he wants to do it today. I believe he does, even this morning. Shall I read you Jacob's response? Well, he, first of all, he built an, an altar. That was wonderful. And uh, he said, how awesome is this place. There's none other than, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And he took a stone. The stone that he had placed under his head set it up as a pillar and poured, poured oil on top of it. But then this. I don't know how you, would, how you respond when God thoroughly blesses you. This is what he said. He made a vow. If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, if, big if, if, then the Lord will be my God. Oh, that's very gracious of you, Jacob. And this stone that I've set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Don't know about that response. Seems a little bit me, uh, miserly and meagerly. But maybe it reflects us, you know. God said, I'm giving you everything. And we say, well, if you look after me, if you provide a, you know, some, some grub and some clothes, if, then you'll be my, you can be my God. And if you notice, he was saying, then he will be my God. The Lord will be, third person, the Lord will be my God. And only at the end he says, and all that you give me, then he eventually turns to him, uh, I will give you a tenth. Strikes me as very, very meagerly and miserly, this response. But maybe it reflects us, sometimes our fear, can it really be true? And we, we put our ifs in there. And we talk to God as if he's a third person. And maybe I'll give him a little bit. When he says, open your hearts. I, I don't want your little tenth. Wonderful though that is, because that extends the kingdom. I want you, just you. Open your heart, everything you are, everything you have. And I will, and I will continue to open heavens and pour out my blessing on you.